Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this afternoon was Brad Bartko. Uh, among many things, he is a financial educator, financial broker, he's a motivational speaker, and he's a disability advocate. Um, Brad was born premature, he's afflicted with cerebral palsy, he is confined to a wheelchair, uh, but you really wouldn't know it to talk to him. Uh, that, that sort of thing doesn't define him, and it's uh, he's really the the ultimate guest for this show, someone who, uh, through their shortcomings, through their disabilities, through their failings, if you will, is is has found freedom and has found empowerment. And uh, as he said, my disability is my ability. And uh, it's that kind of perspective shift that really is what keeps the show going. So really, I can't preface it more any more than that, but to say uh, an incredible guy, an inspirational guy, uh, someone who, who believes in uplifting as many people as possible. Uh, however, he may do it and he does it in a couple different ways. So, uh, I'm going to link in the show notes to, uh, where to find him on social media and his website and all that stuff that he does. But, uh, please enjoy this conversation with Brad Bartko. You're in showbiz, aren't you? That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All righty. Beautiful. Okay. Well, Brad Bartko, welcome to the North Bank Media Podcast, and thank you for your time, and uh, it's great to be with you. Hey, thanks so much, Pat, for having me, man. It's uh, like I said off, off air, it's it's truly an honor to to be able to be here and, uh, and share a, a message, share a story, and, and uh, just kind of let the, the room into, into my brain. I'm, I'm excited, and I appreciate you giving me the... Uh, the opportunity and the time. Hey, well, I'm happy to do it, and I love I love having guests like you who've got a obviously got a story to share and who've who've persevered through all kinds of, uh, you know, odds stacked against them, as it were. I guess before we really roll, uh, shouts out to Jen Rep for making this connection. Thank yeah. you, Jen. How do you know Jen? I uh, actually Jen was was connected uh, through me on on Instagram. She's a uh, She's, you know, in the in the film business, mm-hmm. and I'm looking for a an independent filmmaker to redo my documentary. I kind of got kind of got screwed over with mm-hmm. that experience, so um, we we were looking for for other people to do it, and and Jen was referred to me, and then I reached out. I was looking, you know, I, I'm in the midst of uh, of disability awareness and accessibility sure. in the city of Edmonton. And uh, somebody said, you know, you need to reach out to people with podcasts and, and obviously the media and all this stuff. And I posted on, on Instagram, who's got a podcast that, that, that you think I'd be a good fit on? And, and you, were the, you were the number one that came up and Jen referred you. So here we are. Oh, right on. Well, I love to hear that. I'm, I'm slowly getting a little bit of word of mouth, slowly getting some traction. So I, I couldn't be more uh, pleased that it's, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. <laughs> I, I, I feel the word of mouth thing. I, I feel it. That's, I, I run my business that way too. And mm-hmm. it's, if we can help each other, scratch each other's backs, I, I'm here for it, man. hundred percent. Well, let's go there. I, I listened to your interview or most of it with the other podcast. Uh, is it, what was that name of that show? Living without. Yeah. My, my life without limits. My life yeah, without you- limits. Yeah, 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 that's very cool. A, kind of a niche podcast for people with with disabilities. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe start. Maybe take us first. Give us just a quick or as quick as you want to be. 
about your <laughs> about your condition and what it is that you're living with, and then what roll us into this documentary because this is kind of it's happening now, and and it kind of didn't go the way you had hoped, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get into that for sure. sure. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll back you up. Sure. Uh, all the way, all the way to 1993. Okay. Um, you know, my my mom was my mom was 16 years old. Um, she she was getting ready for a party and and getting ready to you know go out with some friends. Mm-hmm. And she she felt some abdominal pain. You know, they they thought it was an appendix. They they weren't sure. They rushed her to the hospital. So they treated her for an appendix. Upon some further tests, uh, she found out she was pregnant, and she was pregnant with me. And the doctors are like, "You got to get this baby out now! Like this is an emergency! Like now, mm-hmm. now, now, now!" And well, out came me uh, a few minutes later. And and Pat, I, I explained this story for those listening and can't watch, sure. or those watching and not listening, um, I'm holding up my palm. So I get people to hold up their palm for me. Mm-hmm. And typically my head, my head was at the tip of your middle finger and my feet were at the bottom of your palm. That's how small I, I was. I was too shy of a couple pounds. Uh, I was, I was very premature. I was, uh, we're, we're talking months yeah. premature. And uh, right away, right away, you talk about stacked against me, odds stacked against me. Uh, doctors took me away from my parents, put me in an incubator, hooked me up to a bunch of tubes mm-hmm. uh, to really find out what was going on. And doctors came back to my parents. Again, my mom's 16. My dad, my dad is 18 years old. And they said, you have 24 hours. We were giving him no longer than 24 hours to live. And, you know, my, I, 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 I always tell the stories. I heard that. <laughs> I heard that, and that's where the warrior mentality, that's where the fighting spirit began. Uh, my parents never gave up on me. My mom's like, no, he's going to make it. We're going to do this thing, and, and and the rest is it. I spent I spent 70, uh, just over 70 days in the hospital, okay. uh, one fully developed lung, you know, fully hooked up to an incubator and tubes and, and all this stuff, and I finally got to go home. And it wasn't till about I, I was about two years old that they officially diagnosed me with a, a condition or a disability called cerebral palsy. Um, so, so I have mild CP, mm. severe spasticity. So what that means is I'm, I'm very coherent, as you can tell, very sure. outspoken. I'm a normal human being. The only difference between me and Pat is I got four wheels strapped to my ass, and that <laughs> and that's and that's about it. Um, but but really how it started is I was born in a, I, I'm not a female, so I'm not going to get into all of it, but I was born into a dry sack. Mm. So there was no liquid, no fluid. Uh, and, and basically I, I came out pretty much dead wow. um, with, with no oxygen. I wasn't breathing on my own, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, so diagnosis CP and right away again, limitations stacked against me. Yeah. Doctors told me if I wasn't sitting up by the age of two, if I wasn't doing this, if I wasn't doing this, I'd never walk on my own. I'd never talk on my own. I'd never be a contributing member right. to society. Well, as you can tell now, I look pretty good for, for 28 years dead. And that's the, that's <laughs> the running joke. Uh, the running joke around here when I speak and jump on a podcast, uh, 28 years dead, um, 20 plus operations. I've had minor operations from Botox to loosen the muscles in my legs and and in my body from uh, major operations to my jaw busted and brought forward um, to both my legs reconstructed and and full of metal, um, which I'll I'll get into that a bit later because that is a huge part 
of, of my story and, and my life is, mm-hmm. is that surgery and, and what it did for me. Um, but you know what? I always, I've always lived life like every day is going to be my last, you know, Pat, this, this, let's be honest, this could be the, the last conversation, the last story I ever share could be. Is, is, is with Pat. And that's, and that's how I live. Um, you know, every moment is precious. Every moment is every interaction is to me is life changing. You know, I, I, I don't take life for granted. And when, when I would, they also found out, I'm, I'm going to back up a little bit. They also found a, a cyst on my brain when I was born. So it's blocking the motor skills um, to basically tell your body how to walk and balance and, sure. and all, all the normal, I use that lightly, normal people. Uh, <laughs> They, they used to, used to, you know, walk or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. that was actually bleeding when I was born as well. And they stopped it. Um, it, it hasn't bled since in 28 years. Knock on wood. Because um, that is a, I tell people and I use it uh, rightly, but that is a volcano that when that thing erupts or if it erupts, if it ever does, they don't think it will. But if it ever does, I mean, I will never know about it because I'd be I'd be long gone. Okay. Uh, so it, it's just on a very sensitive part of the brain. They can't remove. Um, so so they you know they monitor it. They they haven't. They're not too worried about. It. They haven't monitored it, monitored it since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Um. So so nothing. No no issues there. None of none of that crazy mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, like I said, if it does go off, this you know this is this is it. So um <laughs> again it's. I just I, I live I live every day like it's my last man and yeah. and I and for me I live by a saying it's it's not about me it's about we you know because mm. you know, we can come together and sure. we can make a difference whether that's in life and business you know with disabilities whatever the case may be I mean I mean life will be life will be better and and for me I, I always treat treat life as life is also a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. I don't need to step on people to get ahead to win. If I can pull you up with me, mm. it's a win-win for everybody. I win, you win, we win, right? So, and, and I think that's the way people, more people need to look at life. I mean, I, at, at 28 years old, I've always been told I have an old soul. I think mm. differently. I have a different perspective on life, but Pat, I think that comes back to you know, my, my story. And that comes back to mm-hmm. when I was born, how I was born, just, just a different outlook and, and really in, in a lack of better terms, staring death in the face. Right. And, and I don't, I, I wasn't ready to go there yet. And, <laughs> and I, I, I talk about, and I talked about this with Global Edmonton yesterday. I did an mm. interview nice. and, and uh, this is, you know, I'm here for a reason. Mm-hmm. God said, Hey, whether you want to believe in a higher power, you don't believe in something, whatever the case may be, God said, hey, that's not the time. You got a bigger statement to make here, a bigger impact to make here. So I I, uh, I just live every day, like my, again, like it's my last, and I live every day to try and, and leave education, mm-hmm. try and leave value, try and leave awareness on people. And if I can do that, then, uh, then the rest is history, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, I talk a bit about that kind of thing on this show about life being fragile and our time being limited. But I mean, you're really living it, right? Like, like you say, it could all, it could all end. I mean, it could all end for anyone, but you, you really, that's part of your identity, right? Is this fact that it is sure. borrowed time in a sense. For sure. Yeah. So what is that? Where does, what then, uh, what, what takes precedence in your life? Like what, where do you find meaning then knowing that, knowing that you're, you're lucky essentially. Where do I find meaning? That's a, that's a, 
deep one. Um, but, but where I find I, where my purpose is, Pat, is life is bigger than just me. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I need I need to I need to make a bigger impact in this world than just so many people go about life and they just I I hate to be frank but but honest please do you know, um a lot of people are selfish like mm-hmm. they they just go about their own life and they're worried about me it's all about me 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 mm-hmm. well again it comes back to it's not about me it's about we because if we can pick each other up if we can come back if we can rebound if we can band together life will be so much better. So where I find purpose, um, I, I thought very early on, I, I want to be a sports broadcaster. I want to be the first, oh, nice. first guy in a wheelchair, uh, first guy in a wheelchair to do that. So I, I went through, you know, life doing that. I went through college. I got a radio and TV degree, all that stuff. Okay. Um, but, but I also realized, again, at 21 years old, I realized life was bigger than just me. And, and I think it starts, I think at 12 or 13, I remember, and if I may, tell you a story. Please. I was on a, I was on the school bus at 12 or 13 years old and I was on a, you know, an accessible bus. So there was me and, and two other people with, with in wheelchairs on this bus. And one had the same disability I had, so cerebral palsy, CP, uh, but very super, severe. Mm. She was fed, too fed, nonverbal, Oof. 24-7 care, seven days a week. She had seizures multiple times a day, you know, all this stuff. And then and the other girl, had spina bifida, which is you cannot feel typically, not in all cases, but you cannot feel from the waist down. Mm. Um, so, so typically, again, that involves some care and, and all that stuff. But I looked around and I noticed they were depressed. I noticed the demeanor. They, they weren't carrying themselves as proud as they should be. Mm. I live with a disability. I'm proud to have a disability. This is me. This is part of me. Would I change anything? No, because if I was any different, I probably wouldn't be the person I am today, right? So this is me. I mm-hmm. embrace who I am. I love who I am. And they they were very, there wasn't a smile. Every single day was like Groundhog Day. It was the same old thing every single day. And I remember having music in because that was my way of going to school and just getting my zone. And people always ask me, what what do I listen to? Well, <laughs> it's 90s hip-hop. So nice. you know, Tupac, Biggie, you know, all those guys. So I'm, I'm in my ear, but I'm also thinking, I'm sitting there, I said, and somebody brought it up the one day I, I got off the bus. He goes, you're outspoken. You're this guy that really doesn't give a shit. You know, like you're, <laughs> sure. you're just, you go out there and you live your life. You're this woman. Right. He goes, you're the voice for the voiceless. Mm. You're, you're the voice for the people that can't speak, the people that won't speak, the people that are afraid, you know, all this stuff, the people that have already been put in their, in their quote unquote box. Mm-hmm. So again, that's where it comes back to. It's not about me. It's about we and and at that point I realized, you know, going to radio and TV school that would have been all about me. Hmm. That would have been me. I would have, you know, maybe got to the NHL, maybe not. You know, living out of a suitcase, living with a disability. I also realized that it wasn't feasible. Hmm. I needed to be closer to family. I needed to be closer to friends in case something did happen. I can't just jump around and live out of a suitcase. That's it wasn't possible. Right. So I, I shortly realized that all of a sudden it became a hobby instead of a dream. So at 21 years old, what does everyone do? They get involved in finance, right? Crazy. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, so I went and I got licensed through the Alberta government. I did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I started my own brokerage at 21 years old. I started my own firm. 
uh, all this stuff. And, you know, that was my purpose. It hit me. It hit me right away almost mm. that there is a need here. There is an education and an awareness factor here that it's not about selling because selling gets you no selling gets you only to a certain point for sure. In life. But again, I didn't care if it paid me five bucks or paid me a thousand or paid me zero. Mm-hmm. If I can lead somebody with something every single day, mm-hmm. then I was fulfilled. I knew I could go home and I can get up in the morning and knew I was serving a bigger purpose than just me. So uh, starting my own business, I've been doing that now seven, almost eight years. It's been incredible. It's been unbelievable. You know, uh, one of my biggest supporters and biggest, biggest helps are my parents. They actually suddenly became my client. They go, you need to help me in, in a better <laughs> way because uh, they felt as their other guy was just selling to make money sure. that they want, they wanted to be more educated. They wanted to, they wanted a better understanding. And, and what also took me to recently is um, this city. I don't know if you've noticed because a lot of my normal friends don't really notice until you tell them again, it comes back to educating awareness yep. and creating change. So for me, this city's not as wheelchair accessible or as friendly as it should be mm. or as it needs to be. Okay. So that, that's been my new journey now is, uh, you know, I, I've been sharing stories and, and, and doing all that and just creating awareness on, on that level and, and being that person, you know, setting an example and setting a good example, right. you know, not being that guy that people that your son or your daughter or whoever it may be when I'm long gone, they can look at, they'll maybe remember my name and be like, you remember that Brad Barco guy? He set an example. He believed in this. He had great morals. He had a big heart, all this stuff. I want to be like him. And all of a sudden, they take my vision that maybe I never got to achieve, mm-hmm. never got to accomplish, and they take that and they run with it. And next thing you know, you got an army behind you, and mm-hmm. you got people that, that are that are carrying on your generation and your vision for, for generations after I'm completely long gone. Right. Well, that's beautiful. It's interesting because, you know, the ideals that you live by and everything you're talking about is it's about a collective, right? You want to lead people. You want to uplift your yes. city, your, your community. But yeah, so much of that still, it comes from within you, right? Like you generate, like I'm blown away by your uh, your drive, your motivation. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but your ego, you know, this this feeling inside you that you can do it. Do you, Thank you. Do you have some sense? You're welcome. Do you have a sense of... of because well, here's 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 the question: Is do you see in other people in your position, other people with disabilities, uh, less being less likely to to really believe in themselves or or to have that? Sure. So why? I guess I'm curious why. Maybe it's personality. Maybe it's not affected at all by your condition. But why? Why do you wake up every day and say, "I know I can actually do this"? Well, I you talked about it. It's within me, right? I and I got to thank my parents also for that. For, for believing in me and never giving up on me mm-hmm. and never, never quitting. Um, but, but also Pat, I'm going to be brutally honest. There's a, there's about, you know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but I'm <laughs> going to be real and I'm going to be sure. raw. And about 90% of people with disabilities, you talk to them mm-hmm. and they feel scared mm-hmm. to share their story. Mm-hmm. They feel scared to speak out. And I'll tell you why it all comes back, whether you love them or you hate them, it comes back 
to the government of Alberta. And and here's why. Mm. We'll dig deeper into that. Sure. Here's please. why. When, when you turn 18 years old and you have a you have a permanent disability, mm. the government wants to give you sixteen hundred dollars a month. So what does that work out to? 20, 29 grand a year, whatever, whatever it may be sure. in that range. And a lot of people take it. The government says, be quiet. This is what you're worth. Just live your life. Just do your thing. Hmm. They put you in this box and they almost feel suppressed. They almost, And then that's where the afraidness comes from. Well, I'm afraid to speak up because I'm going to lose my funding. Or I'm afraid to speak up because I'm going to lose this benefit. Huh. Or I'm afraid to speak up because I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. For me, look, when they gave me that money at 18, Pat, mm-hmm. I knew I was worth more. I knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted to be more. And for me... I'll let you in in my head and a little bit of secret. And I, sure. want to, I guess the world's going to get to know. But my goal, Pat, in life, what drives me right now, I want to make a million dollars a year. And people go, whoa, Brad, like you're crazy. You're nuts. You're out of your mind. <laughs> and this is not to say, Pat, I want you to look at my cars, look right. at my house, look at the trips I go on, all this stuff. That's a byproduct of doing what I do. I think I deserve some of that as I continue on this journey. Some Absolutely. of that. I worked hard. But for me, here's the vision. I want to create an entire disability community, entire from the ground up, housing with ramps, elevators, nurses on staff, and, and tailored to whoever and right. whatever, tailored to them, whatever they need, and I want to completely fund it. I want to completely pay for it and give back to my community, give back to my people mm. and obviously give back to my parents in the meantime and all this other stuff as well. But basically say, fuck the government. <laughs> and I, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be your government. I'm going to be your funding. Nice. I'm going to be the guy because I've stepped out of that comfort zone. I've stepped out of that box and I'm willing to grab life by the horns. We, we talked about it, man. Life's too short to sit around. Life's too short to, you know what they expect when, when the government, when I got married at 21 years old, mm-hmm. it was uh, 20, 23, I guess I got married. So when, when the government phoned me and said, you can't get married, what do you mean? Why? Wh- I'm a normal human. Wh- what do you mean I can't get married? So they decided to phone my wife and give my wife a survey. And this is a real survey, real questions from the government. Right. They asked my wife, does Brad make you want to drink more? Does Brad make you more depressed? Does Brad make you want to do hard drugs? Does Brad make you want to try and kill yourself? All this stuff. And and to me, it's it's mind-blowing. It's crazy. And for me, I I thought, and I sat there. It got me angry. And and they said, if you get married, we're going to cut his funding off completely. So $1,600 a month at that time, gone. And we expect you to quit your job and take care of him for the rest of your life. That is the plan. That is that is what we expect. And I sat there and I thought, there is thousands of other people in this position that maybe don't have a choice. Sure. That maybe, that maybe can't. That maybe say, you know what? I can't get married because if I lose this, I, what am I, what am I going to do? Got nothing. Right? So I said, so again, I looked at the bigger picture. I said, screw that. I'm going to be your guy. I'm going to be your person. So this is, that's what strives me and, and drives me every single day. I want to help my people. I want I want a seat at the table, Pat. That's the biggest. I want a seat at the table. 
I want people with disabilities to be treated normal. Mm. I want people with this is this is the largest minority in the world, Pat, is people with disabilities. Hmm. For, I'm going to throw a stat at you. 44% of people with disabilities live below the poverty line. Hmm. For me, that's not right. That that is that is wrong on every single level. You're telling me you're gonna punish me because I was born a certain way. First off, I'm born in Edmonton. I'm a Canadian citizen. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. I'm I'm born a certain way. I didn't ask to be put this way. I was born this way. Right. And you're gonna punish me because I was born this way because I can't just go and, and get a, a quote unquote normal job. I can't go to, up to Fort Mac and, and just go pick up a shovel and make oil. I just, it's not possible. It's not physically possible mm-hmm. for me and a, and a lot of us. So you got to find it. We do it a different way. And, and there's a lot of people that, that can't and are afraid. So again, mm-hmm. I got to be that guy to step up, set that example, paint that road and be that person for my community. And, and most importantly, not just my community, not with people with disabilities, but I want to be an example for, just everybody in general, you know, normal people, people with invisible disability, whatever the case may be. I want to be that guy that they look and they say, you know what? If he can do it, why the hell can't I? And if I can do it, why can't he? Mm-hmm. And all this stuff and just lead by example. And that's that's the way I live life, man. It's beautiful. You know, it's uh, it's interesting you say they they, they essentially pay you to, to keep you quiet not really but that's how it functions and it's like they pay you uh, they pay you and they they tell you you're disabled here's your money take it i so it occurs to me that maybe you don't even necessarily see yourself as being disabled like is that fair to say i'm my 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 big my disability is my ability pat right it's my it's my superpower well it I is don't wear a cape. I, I don't wear a cape but sometimes i feel like i wear a cape <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense and you know it, it's if somebody wants to label me and, and oh you're disabled you're blah 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 look you want to you look around the room you look at everybody everybody whether we want to admit it or not everybody has a form of dis disability mm-hmm. nobody's ever perfect let's mm-hmm. get that out of the world although sometimes we think we are nobody's ever perfect and and so there is some flaws in everybody so for me i don't choose Again, I'll come back to that. The only difference between me and you is I got four wheels strapped to my ass, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I can dance. I can dance with the best of them. I, I can go to hockey games. I can do that thing, right? Like it's, I I, I live a normal life. Right. The only difference is I gotta I gotta line up my chair next to my bed to make sure I can get in and out of my bed in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Like it takes me a little bit longer to do a, a normal routine. But hey. That's life, man. It is what it is, and we and I get used to it. We get used to it, and you just carry on. I mean, right. um, but my my disability is not my disability. This is my ability, and this is my message to the world. That hey, it's it doesn't matter if you're missing a leg, if you got four wheels, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you go and do it. The only thing is stopping you is this thing between your ears. Yes, sir. It that is it. You know, because in some sense, we're all disabled. Of course, I don't mean to compare my problems to yours or anything like that. That's not the point. But it seems like you were confronted with yours so blatantly and from from day one that you you had to address it and you had to find a way to live through it. Whereas some people never really take the time to address their whatever is disabling them. And maybe in some senses, you're freer than someone who may be considered able-bodied. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I, I, without you know 
getting too egotistical. Yeah, I, I would I, I would agree with that for sure because you look you look around and and I mean people want to all the time. You look at social media. I'll take social media for example. Sure, people want to air their dirty laundry on social. <laughs> oh, I, I'm. I'm broke or I'm this or I'm that or this happened to me or when, when, when. Hey, <laughs> I get everybody goes through problems. Everybody goes through issues. Right. Right. I, I, I remember telling somebody one time, this was years ago, that why don't we trade? You walk in my shoes or we <laughs> in my shoes. Sure. Give me your problems for a day and come back to me after 24 hours and let me know if your problems are still problems. <laughs> How'd they respond to that? Right. Um. You know, the, the point we're at now is, and this is my, my next kind of event I want to do, it, hopefully in the next couple months, is I want to take able-bodied people and put them in wheelchairs for 24 hours and see how they react. And and let them and let them live in, in my shoes. Let them live in our shoes. Mm-hmm. And come back and tell me, you know what? Yeah, changes do need to be made. And, and we right. go from there. So talk to me a bit about that. I've been lucky to talk to a couple guys who are running for city council this fall. I talked to Cheryl Watson, who's running for mayor, and they all talk a big game about, well, I don't mean that derisively. Politicians talk big. That's what they do. Uh, (laughs) You know, they talk about making a city that works for everybody. At least Watson did. And she had a lot of great ideas, including a a basic needs plan for where everybody gets the basic needs met. Um, But but from your point of view, what what's what's lacking here as far as accessibility in this town? Oh man, where do I begin? <laughs> uh, what do you look, hate the most? Like, what's what's the big problem? Uh, what's the issue it, fundamentally? For for me, it's 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 accessible bathrooms in mm. in you know establishments. Um, a lot of them aren't up to code. A lot of them are slapped together. Mm. Uh, I, I remember. I'm not going to name names. I remember being at a bar a couple years ago and paying my bill and asking the waitress. You know where where a bathroom is, mm-hmm. like an accessible bathroom. Sure. I, I completely asked her, and uh, she goes, "Well, the only bathroom we have is down nine points of nine nine stairs." <laughs> and I looked at her, kind of smiling and, right. and giggled exactly what you did. And I said, "Well, how about I just throw myself down the stairs, <laughs> and you can come pick me up and 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 take me in the bathroom? Like it, it's not going to work." Right. So she goes, "Oh my God, I'm sorry. Let me grab Amanda." So Amanda grabs me. Here's the other thing. When's the last time you had to ask a grown adult to go to the bathroom? Yeah, never, never. really. Well, right? in 20 so, years at least. <laughs> well, welcome welcome, welcome to my life. I need to ask a grown adult where a handicapped bathroom is to use the bathroom, which, right. which to me is, is mind-boggling anyway. It is the 21st century. But besides <laughs> that, so he grabs this key. The manager says, follow me. He grabs this key. He leads me through an active kitchen. Okay, I, I feel belittled at this point because I'm stepping over chefs and waitresses and food and like it's not ideal. Then he leads me down this dark hallway where he literally needs a flashlight to guide himself down this hallway because it's not dark, it's never been used. Right. And he goes to, and he goes to this room, Pat, and he opens the door with the key. And I kid you not, from floor to ceiling, it is full, it is full with extra chairs, extra tables, wet floor signs mops, everything you can think of. It's a storage it's closet. A storage closet. Yeah. And at, at the very back path, there's a toilet. Yeesh. The very back. Yeah. So I looked I looked at him, a couple things. I looked at him, I said, how do you want me to get in there? And on the toilet, there was no grab bar. So code, sure. there, needs to, there needs to be at least a bar on, the, on or next to the toilet for me to grab on and transfer safely. So 
I don't fall out of my chair and hurt myself, all that stuff. Right. So there, there was nothing there. So I said, two, how do you want me to safely get on and off the toilet? He looked at me, okay? He looked at me, dead in my eye, and he right. goes, that, it's not my problem. We don't get many of you people in my establishment. Whoa. That sucks. And, and I and I walked out of the of the room and said, "Have a nice day. I'm never coming back here again." <laughs> and I never did. And then you look at the curbs. So the curb cutouts, the low side of the curbs. Mm-hmm. In, in the winter time, the city likes to pile up the snow on those curb sides. Well, how do you want me to get down safely? Now I use the I use another example. If you cannot relate to me. Let me use your elderly mother, your elderly father, your grandpa, your grandma, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. What happens if they slipped and fell? They needed to get there and they broke a hip. Now what? Someone's like, getting sued. That's exactly. What. Exactly. So stuff like that, handicap buttons on, on doors mm-hmm. that don't work. 95% of the city doesn't work. Their buttons don't work. You hit them, they don't work. So how do you want me to open the door if I'm by myself? Um, you know, stuff like that. But I, I look at look I love everybody and I'm gonna I'm gonna use this example Frank, but let's use you know the LGBTQ community, sure. the Indigenous people, and the Black Lives Matter. What do they all have in common? Something bad happened to them before change was made. You look at the Indigenous people with the schools and the and the grades and all this stuff. The Black Lives Matter. George Floyd died. Something happened. Something changed. You look at the LGBTQ community. Something raised enough waves. Something happens with them, mm-hmm. change happens. Right. Well, where is our where's our where's our turn? Where's our day? Where's our where's our march? Where's our you know, all this stuff? And and I look and I, I shudder to think it's my job to feel that I, I you know put my community on my back in a sense and, and feel that I don't want something to happen to me or somebody in my community that heaven forbid someone gets seriously hurt or dies. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden changes are made. So let's be proactive here. Let's let's do something now before something bad actually happens. And I always tell people with this story, there's a there's a documentary on Netflix called Crip Camp, C-R-I-P Camp. It's about a disability uh, bylaw in the States. Okay. It's very it's very relevant to, to here in Canada. And I feel we're stuck. This this took place in the 70s. And we're very much stuck in that realm. Hmm. You know, Canadians take pride on being better than the states and being, you know, they, they want to be, they want to one up or they want to be equal and all this stuff. If we look at things, and I'm not, I'm not going to, but just a comparison here. Sure. Um, I feel the U.S. is about 30 years, 30, three decades, 30 years ahead of Canada hmm. when it comes to accessibility. We got a lot of work to do. We got a lot, and, and it all comes down, Pat, to awareness to create change. So if people aren't aware, people like you aren't aware until today. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to make you aware to bring change, and you got to tell your friends, and you, you know, and, and, and collectively, we make a difference and we make change. Absolutely, and I, I think that's it. I think if you're relying on the government to make those changes, it's just not ever going to happen. Like society structures itself in a way where. The people with power need, I'm not getting crazy Marxist here, but they end up building a society that benefits the majority, period. That's just how the culture and society works. So when I hear uh-huh. you talking about uh, you want to have your community that you build and 
you know, that's it's it's an accessible community. It's going to benefit the people that need it. I think that is probably what's needed is, is private enterprise to to step up and make those those uh, lead well, the way. You're, you're you're looking at him, Pat. You're, <laughs> you're looking at him, and, and, and to be and, and look when it comes to that as well is I mean we we talk about me winning and, and you winning. Uh, in, in order for me to get there, my clients got to win. You know, my clients got to make money. My sure. my clients, people got to refer me. You know, people got to come to me. So there's a lot of groundwork to be done there. But if my clients win, I win, and then all of a sudden, then the community, then the world, then the city wins, and and we and we talk about it. Then it's a win, win, win situation. Nobody loses. Why should somebody have to lose for somebody to gain? I mean, that's the mentality of a lot of people. But that's not the mentality for me. It, it needs to be a win-win-win, and mm. otherwise it doesn't work. Otherwise, it's it's not going to work. It needs to be a puzzle. And I, 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 right. I, I'm sorry, I wasn't ignorant, Pat, but I, I, I forgot to mention uh, you. You brought up the documentary. Oh so yeah, if, sure. If I, if I, if I could, real quick. So I, I got approached uh, by a company called AMI, um, which they they deal with people with disabilities. They're located okay. in Edmonton. Okay. Um, they they cater to the the deaf community and uh, they put their subtitles on their TV shows. They, they have a channel, all that stuff. So okay. they approached me. They saw my story online, similar to you before today. And they said, we, we want to do a documentary on your life. And I turned around and I said, I don't want to do a documentary on my life. Let's sprinkle my life in there. Mm. But let's do a documentary on our community. You know, on how it needs to change, on, on on giving the spotlight to people with disabilities. You know, letting them be the face, letting them be the forefront of a you know a news news article or whatever. Because so often we get so far left behind mm-hmm. that that's not the case. So give give us a voice, give us a platform, sure. and just just let 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 them do it through me because I got the voice. If you need, if you want to do that, let's do that. So uh, they gathered everything. They came to my house. They filmed for nine hours at my house during COVID. Uh, they came to my house and all this stuff. Right. And, and it was supposed to come out the day after my birthday. So June 19th of this year. Okay. And I got, I got a text message from a secondary producer on June 15th saying that they want to scrap my, like a good majority of the nine hours of my story. And they wanted to go in a different direction. They thanked me for my time, but that was it. And unfortunately, cause I signed a waiver, mm-hmm. um, with them filming and coming to my home right. that they now own the footage they own everything else so they could do whatever they want with it and it, it came out on the 19th but it had nothing to do with what i was approached it was completely out of left field it was more of a a five minute short story other than the hour that that they pitched to me okay uh, otherwise, otherwise i wouldn't have did it you know uh, so people people have always told me all my life that they want it they want a movie on me you know they want a documentary they want a book I'm, we're working on the book the book is probably a couple years away yet mm-hmm. um i got some writers and stuff lined up for that but it's i i was disappointed to say the least yeah. and where that's where jen came in and uh, i i got another friend a real good friend of mine who's a an independent filmmaker as well, and and we're going to put our heads together and hopefully by next year mm. have uh, have the vision that we all envisioned to to you know be independently brought out and maybe uh, somebody brought up that hey maybe you take it to the independent Edmonton uh, you know movie festival or whatever and mm-hmm. maybe it wins awards there maybe it doesn't whatever and just just get it out to the world so that that's what we're working on that's what we're doing. 
Beautiful. Yeah, just kind of picking up the pieces. Hey, that's that's. Did they give you a good reason as to why they reworked the story? No, you know, working in media, they never they never give you a good reason. They just <laughs> when, when, when sure. something when it when another idea a, a better idea at the time comes into their head right. and and they want to go in a different direction, then then of course uh, I uh, I should have been consulted on. I should have had some mm-hmm. creative control as it was my story. Yeah, but uh, no no say and no creative control on it at all. So you're looking to maybe, what's the story you're looking to tell now that you're in control of this documentary? It's obviously not your life story. It's kind of you as a centering piece around yeah, the community. Me, me as an entity, I think a, a little bit, I, I do want to sprinkle a little bit of my story in there because I think I it, at, at points it gives people hope. Right. Um, never giving up, kind of that attitude, that mentality that I live with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just, I want to, I think at the end of the day, I want to give people hope. You know, I want to raise awareness. The biggest thing I want to raise awareness. I want this movie to come out and be like, "Wow, I had no idea this, or I had no right. idea that, or I had no idea this needs to change, or this needs to this needs to happen." So just really, really be that voice for a community that really is, has been suppressed and silenced, mm-hmm. and uh, it's time to it's time to break the mold and, and break the chain. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for one, I'm this is the most conversation I've ever had with anybody with a, with a disability such as yourself. So. I mean, there's that, but is it, is it because you mentioned that you're the largest minority in the world, those with disabilities generally, I guess. Um, Is there a problem there where they like with indigenous activists or, or any activists based on race, they, they're happy to raise their voice. They can go out and, and it's in some ways it's kind of sexy to be an activist. I'll say that, but is that lacking in the, in the disabled community is a, a, a figure like yourself, maybe. For, for sure, a hundred percent. And and the, the term we get brought up, you mentioned sexy. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not sexy to have a disability, in right. the lack of, be- of better terms, right? There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes on, mm-hmm. and nobody. Again, there's a lot of our community that feels scared. Sure, they feel silenced. They feel suppressed. So I look at. It, I said, you know what? Fuck it. Excuse my language. No, please. Fuck it. Fuck it. I need. I'm gonna be that guy. I got a voice. Hey, God took away my legs. Give me a voice, right? Um, and we might as well use it. We might as well use it for good mm-hmm. and, and and use it for change. Um, so so that's why I'm here, man. I, I'm just here to to create some waves, create some change. Nice. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, my 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 vision with all this right now is I'm hoping that, you know, my media circuit and stuff like this, mm. you know, all the stuff, I'm hoping that someone sees this, someone with the same disability, worse, better, whatever the case may be, because we're all different. Right. And I, I want somebody to look and be like, if he, I want to rally behind that guy. I know exactly how he's feeling. I know exactly what he's going through. Enough is enough. I'm tired of being silenced. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being quiet. I'm tired of being told how much I'm, I'm, I'm worth, how much I need to make. I'm tired of being told what to do, all this right. stuff. I want to stand with you. And next thing you know, you not just have me, you got an army. You got people behind me. And we show up at City Hall and we make waves. We make an impact. We show up on marches. We show up on, you know, on, on city events. And, and eventually, you make enough, you bring enough awareness, change is bound to happen. You believe that? You believe that if you just make enough noise, you'll get things your way? Hey, if if it's not enough, 
they're gonna have to kill me to shut me up. Because <laughs> sure, cause that that's 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 the point I'm at right now. If mm-hmm. like I and I mentioned it earlier, if maybe change, I'm not expecting change today. I'm not expecting change tomorrow. I'm not expecting change in the next year to even five years. Right. But but if we can slowly get there and slowly implement some of this stuff and realize that, yeah, you know what? We are lacking. Changes need to be made. Maybe I'm, like I said before, maybe I'm gone when right. changes. But somebody was with me the time and, and sees this and go, Brad Barco's a, a legend. Brad Barco's a hero, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't view myself that way, but some people have come up to me and be like, we need you. Thank you for doing what you do. You're a hero, all this stuff. I, I don't see it, but people label me. So if if people want to say that and do that, carry on my legacy. Carry on my voice. Use you don't have a voice. Let me lend mine to you. Mm-hmm. And be and, and be that voice. And again, banding together. It's yes. not about me. It's about we. And if if we can get guys like you, even you don't have a disability, nothing to do with us. Even guys like you to be like, you know what? Yeah, he's right. Changes need to be made. Then all of a sudden we got you and your community and your family and your friends standing behind this mission. Now all of a sudden there's some movement. Right on, right on. Yeah. Right? Now, now all of a sudden you get a guy like, who knows? Now you now you do enough news stories, you do enough articles, you do enough any of this. Now all of a sudden, Connor McDavid maybe catches wind. Now you got Connor McDavid in your corner. And now, then you start to, because everybody looks up to McDavid. He's like a Gretzky in this town. Mm-hmm. So now, then you start to make significant change. And and we, uh, you know, then the, sky, the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. But again, I'm so intrigued by this idea of your 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 community this that you want to build. Yeah. You know, because it's in some sense, it's like you're working within the framework. Like you're working within the framework of society that says you're yeah. disabled and that you got to rattle cages and make noise to get even just to be seen as an equal. Is, sure. Do you have a, a, maybe a, uh, I don't know, a bigger picture or a, a high up altitude view of like what it might look? Obviously, make noise, protest, raise awareness. But what does it look like to just say, fuck all that, fuck the existing structures? I'm actually going to set out and do. I'm going to build my own society in some ways. Like, you know, like if you're the largest minority, maybe, you know what I'm saying here? Maybe there's room to really rethink what society could be. A hundred, a hundred percent. I thought about it a lot, you know, and, and for me, that, that community that I want to build is, is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, a community then leads to two communities, then leads to three communities. Mm-hmm. You got to start with one before you can, you can branch out. Right. And, and and then eventually it's not just an Edmonton thing. Right. Maybe maybe then all of a sudden this community happens, it gains some traction, and people in Calgary will be like, hey, we need something like that here. So then we go and fund it and we do that there. And then we, you know, Vancouver. And then for me, I want it to be a worldwide thing. Yeah. I, I want I want these communities. Um, maybe it's one community in every city. Right. Maybe we start quote unquote small. It's one community in every city, but I want this thing global. I want this thing worldwide. And then I think, you know, because then what, what it does is all of a sudden you step outside your own house that was built for you, tailored to you. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's maybe felt they didn't have a voice for years. They step outside their house that's fully accessible. Right. And they can, breathe, they can breathe fresh air. And they're like, 
you know what? This is what freedom tastes like. <laughs> this is right. this is life. This is what I envision my life to look like and be like from the very beginning. And I, it, it's a way for me to get back to my people and say, "Hey, look, I see you. I know you. Mm-hmm. I, I know I know what you're going through. Give me some time to get to where I need to get to 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 build this thing, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it." And and it's. It's enough people, even, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm talking about my business, when I'm talking to people about my business, I share that story in client meetings and clients are like, oh my God, I want to be there when you build it. Like, I want to be yeah. a part of it. This is something I want to be a part of. So people I'm finding now, especially in recent conversations, I'm finding not one that I, I tell a different story. As a financial broker, I'm not selling. It's educating. It's bringing awareness. Yes, I guess it's a form of selling because you've got to sell, I guess. To, sure. But, but you're educating. So so clients appreciate that. Clients are like, oh, I've never, I've never heard it that way or I've never saw it that way. This makes sense. Let's do this. But then at the end, when you tell them that story, they're like, I'm your client now, but I can't wait to be part of something big. Like this is not just about my business. This is about building a life right. for other people and helping them. I reach my goals and dreams, but they reach their goals and dreams. Now you're helping thousands, if not millions of other people. And that's what gets me going, man. Like <laughs> that, that's, you know, it's, it's not easy. Look, it's not easy being a financial guy. Everybody wants to shit on you because, oh, you're the money guy. You're ripping people off. All this. People, got, people got their vision already. Of money people. Exactly. We're not we're not all the same. People with disabilities are not all the same. Everyone's different. My life is different than your life, different than your neighbor's life, different than whatever. It doesn't need to be a cookie-cutter plan. Mm-hmm. Your life and your plan needs to need to match up. When you get bigger goals, when you get bigger dreams, your plan needs to match up with that. So that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to make an impact, but I'm also here to make a generational impact. I'm here to change my family's tree. Mm. It's selfishly as well. Yes, I want to do all that. Like that's that's the number one. Mm-hmm. But selfishly, I want to change. There is nobody in my family that's made millions of dollars. So excuse me for being selfish and wanting <laughs> wanting to do that. Wanting to give my kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids every opportunity that maybe the previous generation didn't have. And. In order to do that, Pat, it comes down to me. I got to make that change. And and then we got to make that change right. to make it happen. It's it's not a it's not an overnight thing. It's it's going to take work. It's going to take a while. Work. Sure. But for me, being at 28, I feel I got a lot of runway to, to do to do what I need to do. And I got some big goals. And, and I want I just want people to. I want people to stand with me. I, I I don't want people to be against me that, hey, I've been told all my life I can't do this and I can't do that. And you'll never walk and you'll never talk and you'll never amount to, to being society. Well, look at me now. Look at you and now. But, but, but not look at me now. Look at where I'm going. Right. I want people to share the vision. That It's not just my vision, Pat. I want you to look. Maybe when we're done here, maybe in a year from now, whatever. I want to go for beers with you. I want to be able to. Sure. Uh, you're my friend now. We're gonna be friends, <laughs> right? Like me and me and Pat are friends now. But I, I want I want to be able I want you to be able to to look at the bigger picture if if you're a friend of mine and we're sitting down and we're talking and be like, 
Where can I fit in this? Where can I help? I want to be a part of this. This is a movement. This is something I can get behind. This is we're not harming people. We're not changing the world for the worst. Right. We're changing the world for the better. Where can I fit in on this? And and so that's where it comes down to. I don't want to make normal people my enemy. I want to make normal people my ally. Hmm. And, and I want I want them to come on the journey too. It's not just people with disability. I want you to jump on the train as well. I want you to support me. I want you to be in my corner. And let's go do this thing together, man, because I, I want to be able to impact and change your life along the way as well and give back to you. And, and when I get to the peak of the mountain or wherever that is, because there's always different peaks, I'm never going to stop. But you look and you look at the people that has always supported you. You might need something down the road, Pat. And I'll be like, you know what, Pat? Don't worry about it, man. I got you. I got you. Right? Or, you know, my mom, if, if my parents ever get sick or whatever happens or something happens with their house or something happens with the car, money's not everything. But to be able to have it when someone needs it is a completely different ball. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds like that's like a no fear mentality. Like, I'm not scared, man. Yeah, because it's like the, it's like you've already conf- like you said you've confronted the worst already and you beat it in some sense, you know. Like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll give you a quick like people even when I got involved in finance, people were like, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're nuts. Right. You're not going to survive in that industry. It's all word of mouth. So who's going to sit down with you? People are crazy. All this stuff, Pat. I, I my vision and my goals were too big for me to fail. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let, me in, let me let you in on a secret. I wrote my financial exam 29 times. Mm. It wasn't easy. Yeah. But I'll tell you, it's worth it. Because my goals, my dreams, my family's goals, my family's dreams, my community's goals, my community's dreams were too big for me to fail. For too too big for me to just get up and say, you know what, I quit. Let's take the easy road. Let's go. Let's go work at McDonald's. Let's go work at a, a retail store. Just make that money just a little bit. I'll be okay. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> there, there's a community and there's a world. And there's a family counting on me that I need. I need to go and I need to do something bigger. Do you have any idea why? Like maybe you touched it, but why? Because. It- do you know any other disabled people who who strive in the same way as you? There's a couple. There's probably there's there's only a handful. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think there's no there's anybody with a vision as big as me. And, right. and that's not being I, I'm being honest. I'm being real. I've never met anybody so so big as me. Mm-hmm. And, and you asked why. I really don't. I, you know what? Maybe it's because I was given twenty four hours. Sure. Maybe it, because it's the the. The, the life I had growing up, maybe it's because my parents sacrificed. My mom was 16, yeah. gave up her entire life to raise a person with a disability. My dad, at one and a half years old, walked out of my life. I had a stepdad come in and raise me. That is my father. That is my dad. I owe everything to those two. My wife, I, my wife has sacrificed so much. I owe everything to my wife. My, my, my extended family, all this, everybody who's ever believed in me, I owe everything to them. Everything who's ever hated on me and told me I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, ever become anything, I owe it to them because they drive me, they push me, and they push me to a whole new level. That's why I think 
I am what I am. But I also think I looked around, Pat, and I think it comes down to just living the life that I think that I and we deserve. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So many people, I don't know if you noticed this, Pat, but so many people like to just settle. They just like to be just yep. okay. Yep. I don't want to be, I don't want to be another stat that would have, could have, should have. Sure. I want to go do it. You look like a good friend Eminem once said, <laughs> one shot, one opportunity, right, Pat? As far as we know. You got, <laughs> you, got one shot, you got one shot, you got one opportunity. You might as well, hey, you got a dream. Mm-hmm. Dream and do it. Now, I'll, I'll let you know a story. I, I have never, never once, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have ever dreamed. Of, of the life I have now, I think for me, I, I manifest it. I think it's for what I talk about myself. I'm positive. I never talk very bad about anybody. Sure. You know, just, I, I think it's, it's come to me, but, but again, there's a whole new level. I want more. And I, I'll tell you, um, I never envisioned myself. I got, I got the opportunity of a lifetime a couple of years ago. Okay. Uh, are you a sports fan? Sports. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hockey mostly, but yeah. Hockey, okay. So I, I got the opportunity a couple of years ago to, uh, I got connected and, and got to hang out and become real good friends with over the last couple of years with the Robitaille family. Okay. Uh, Luke Robitaille of the sure. LA King and, and his beautiful wife, Stacia. Uh, we do some charity work together and, and we've done some stuff. But, you know, I, I never just never would have dreamed of, of being on that level. And then I, I see their dreams and I see their goals and I see how hard they worked to get to where he got. He got drafted in a round that doesn't even exist anymore. Really? You know, it, it, it's, yes, it, it, it's crazy. It's nuts. And I, I'm looking at all these sacrifices and all they did and all these other people around me, like I mentioned my parents and everything else. And I, I just, life is so much more than just, just coasting through life. And I, yes. I noticed that, no offense, no offense, but I noticed that with a lot of people with disabilities, they just coast and they just kind of give up and, hey, this is what it is. I'm dealt with the hand. I'm dealt. I'm just going to, you know, live my life. And, and, yeah. but for me, for me, Pat, it comes down to what do I want to be remembered as? What is, what is my legacy? Okay. Legacy. What is, what is my legacy? What's when, when we get off this podcast, you just met me. Mm-hmm. When we get off this podcast, I want to leave you with something so big mm-hmm. that when we get off this today and you go carry about your day, you're like, Oh my God, Brad just touched me in such a way that I want to go and do this now. I want to go and, you know, I want to be friends with that guy because he's so positive and all this stuff, right? But what is my legacy? And and for me, it's, I got that never give up, no afraid, no fear kind of attitude yeah. that I want that to be part of me. But I also want my legacy, again, not about me. Mm-hmm. I want my legacy to be about my people, about my community, about my family, mm-hmm. That I, my family gave me everything that I got. I want to give them everything I got. I want to ring it all out, ring it all out, <laughs> and leave nothing at the table when it when I'm on my deathbed. Nothing on the table. I want to be, it, it, you know what? There's a good mentor of mine. His name, his name is Ed Milet. He runs uh, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Uh, he, he got started in my business. That's where he, he gained his wealth, and now he's, he's on to bigger and better things. But he talks about, when you die, because we all we all die at some point. We yep. all there's two there's you know only a couple of certain things in life that are certain. That's death and taxes, right? That's right. Um, so so he talks about when when you get to the pearly gates, okay, and, and and you get an opportunity to meet your your other self, 
and you could talk to yourself, maybe your maybe your better self or whatever. Sure. What what is he gonna say about you? That man, you gave it everything you got. You were the greatest father, you were the greatest son, you were the greatest person that you could ever possibly be. Or are you gonna look in the mirror and say, Man, you left so much on the table, you left so much in the gas tank that you carry regrets with you till the end of days. I've seen family members on their deathbeds carry regrets. I don't want to be that guy. I want to wring everything I got. I don't want to hold any grudges. I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to miss any experience. I want to do it all. And for me, that's a fulfilled life. And and it's, it's again, I can have millions and millions of dollars and be the most depressed guy in the world. <laughs> for sure but, you could. But, but it's, you know, you could be the richest guy in the graveyard and still be, you know, forgotten. But it's all about what you, it's all about the impact and what you do for others. And this community for me, that is just the start of what I want to do for others. There is, again, we talk about selfishly. There, my, my dad and my, my uncle, one, he's, he's like a, almost a second father to me. Um, he's big in classic cars. Okay. And he's always, he's always wanted to own, you know, a, a garage full of classic cars. Well, I want to get to a point in life, both, both financially and whatever, mm-hmm. that I can just go to this auction. He, he's a big Barrett Jackson auction fan in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I want to go to Scottsdale one year. Mm-hmm. Money's not an object at this point. Right. I want to be able to, whatever, he, whatever car he wants to bid on, however much it is, I want to be able to write the check and say, here you go. Thank you for all you did for me. Mm. This is the very least I could do for you. And I mean, there's other things as well on top of that. I mean, they're not all materialistic. Sure. But but, but just just so, so much. I want to be able to retire my parents. You know, my, my parents have given everything. And my, my dad owned a business for a long time. And, and his it was very physical labor. So his back started to go, all the stuff. I want to be able to say, you know what, dad? Don't worry about it. I, I got it. Right. I, I want to be able to when I have kids that if they don't want to, if they when it comes time for college, they want to go to a pristine college. I don't need to take loans out. It's like, hey, you know what? You were a good kid. Yeah, I'm going to help you with school. I'm not going to pay for it all because I want you to still learn the value of work. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to help you. Right. Because I, 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 I've done well. And that's it comes down to, again, helping others pick them up. When you're when you're up here, it's not about pushing people down. Right. You got to bring them with you. You got to bring them to that peak of the mountain with you and give them a taste of that life that 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 you have or that we have. And you know, it's all about just hanging out with the right people, hanging out with the right crowd. I, there's two things I'm allergic to in life, Pat, and I tell a waitress this all the time. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's bullshit and negativity. Two things I'm allergic to. I, I puff right up. The lungs close up. It's, For sure. It, it's crazy, man. If I have a full-on full attack, it's it's nuts. So I hang out with positive people. My 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 uh, my bubble is very small. Mm. My bubble is very secure. And uh, I, I just love life, man. And that's I, I just want the best for me, my family, but but most importantly, my community and my and my city. That's that's rock and roll right there. I love it all. I think you I, I use this podcast to work on ideas and, and you're kind of the living embodiment of an idea I've been working on where, you know, time is limited. I mean, time is eternal and we're given this little tiny, what I think like a popcorn kernel. You just popped up in that river and you'll, 
you'll disappear someday. So will I, so will all of us. But if you want to get results and you, and you want to do, you know, make an impact, make a change. It seems like to me, if you're, if you're pursuing helping other people as well, you're multiplying the, the results and the, and the good that you can do. You're multiplying it exponentially by all the people you can help. For sure. And you're pushing yourself to a, a sort of position of being eternal yourself with this legacy where now generations and generations are, are affected by, uh, by what you did with that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I hope you're not getting allergic to the bullshit, but that's, that's an idea I've been working on. No, not <laughs> yours. You're, you're good. <laughs> Appreciate it, brother. Um, what, I mean, I'm curious about the, the financial, it's financial brokerage that you do or. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm a, I'm a financial broker by, name sure but i call myself a financial educator okay because again i just love to educate people and bring awareness so do you do you specifically target or have you been able to work with people who are disabled and maybe weren't getting a fair shake with their money yeah yeah 100 yeah it's uh there's a product called a, a registered disability plan okay um and the banks don't talk about it um because i'm gonna be frank and be honest uh the banks don't get paid enough to talk about it or do it or, or deal with it right right and we, we, I just teach people how to, to take it because there's free government grants that the government, it's a matching program, the government. So the government will pour money in and, and just to help you, it's, it's a retirement plan. So it's meant for long-term, gotcha. it's not meant to take it out now. It's, it's meant to last till your, you know, retirement age. Mm-hmm. So it builds up su- substantially and teaching people how to, to get better rates of return on that, doing the same things, just changing some funds around and, and shopping around. And it, it's, when, look, when, when you go to, I, I use the example all the time, when, you, when you're looking to buy a house mm-hmm. and you bank with, bank with TD, no, no shot to TD because <laughs> I, work, I, work, I work with TD. They're, they're some of our product providers. But when, I, when you go to TD and they give you one rate, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell you RBC across the street has a better rate sure. because they're, they're going to lose you as a client. Right. So that's where I come in. I have access to just shy of a hundred different companies that I can go to and, and help my clients with um, mortgages, insurance, investments, um, saving long-term, short-term. Um, you know, I, I deal with business insurance. So we've got a business home auto insurance, all that stuff. And, and really what it comes down to is, is giving the client options and giving the client a voice because I'm going to come back to you, Pat, right. and show you options. I'm not just going to tell you, this is good for you. Let's go do it. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to give you A, B, and C, and I want you to make the best choice for your family. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just the guy helping you out. I want, I want you to make the best choice, and, and, I want, and, and at the end of the day, I want you to be like, you know what? I like that guy because he was genuine. He was honest. Mm-hmm. He was real, and he did the best thing and helped me get the best thing for for my clients and not everything is, is good. I mean, there's some products where people will phone me for a second opinion and it's the same rate. It's the same rate. It's the same price, but they're like, you know what? I'm going to move it anyway hmm. because I like what you stand for. I don't want it to sit at a bank. I like what you stand for. And uh, you know, it's, that's the same thing. My client or my, my parents, it took my parents, you know, a handful of years to actually believe in me and, and come see me because hmm. They weren't sure at first. They go, oh, I, I don't know. But when they sat down and, and really seen that I was genuine, I'm not here just to make a buck. Right. I'm here. This is my career. I'm here for a long time. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm here to watch it grow. If something needs to change, we'll change it. 
And uh, now my, I'll tell you, man, my, my parents are my biggest fans. They send me all their friends. They, they talk about me. It is, it is, it is, it is fantastic. And it's, it's just cool to know that I can impact my parents. My parents have taught me everything that I can turn around and teach them something and give them value and give them education. And, and for me, that's the most important thing over selling any, any, any single day of the week. If somebody leaves, even if they don't do business with me, mm-hmm. if someone leaves and they, and they have a better understanding of how this works, how this works, how this grows, where to put it here, not put it here, then, I mean, my job is done. So yes, I uh, I very much targeted the disability community. I have a, mm. you know, mo- uh, not most of my clients, but a good chunk of my clients are they do have disabilities, um, in some form. But uh, I- I'll help everybody, and I I want because at the end of the day, I want everyone to win. And if you're not winning right now in your current situation, then hey, a second opinion is free. It's always free. So let's change that, and let's get you in a better spot. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating when when guys like you or anybody does w- whatever it is that you do for work, so to speak, or whatever you do with your time. It's it's all unified in some sense. Like your project of community building and uplifting everyone is like financial education is just a part of that. It's right. Like it's yeah. everything that you do, everything you give is 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 a is a byproduct of wanting to uplift those around you. But I wonder, yeah. is that yeah. because? partially because people around you had to make sacrifices. And I mean, you, you were a burden on somebody somewhere, I'm sure. But, but people, you, you, you asked, you asked my wife, I still am. Ah. <laughs> oh no. No, oh, no. Kid. no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, hey I'm, a, I'm a burden on a couple of people in this house, I think. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. You know what? I, I never, I don't think I've ever thought of myself as a burden on people. Um, it's just the way I am, I guess, but, but I'm sure I was along the way. And, and it comes back to the sacrifices. You know, I, I watched what my mom endured at 16 to give up everything for drop out of school and everything for me. And a, a man that wasn't even my dad at, at 21 years old, come in and, and give up everything. And, and now he's been at my bedside for every surgery, my bedside for you know, when I got licensed in the financial industry, he was the first one to phone me, congratulate me. And you know, um, when I when I've spoken on stage, because I'm a I'm a, a motivational speaker by I, I got a like a, a certificate as well there. Um, when I'm speaking on stage, every every good thing that I do, um, they're they're one of the first ones there. And and I you know, there's just there's so many people. I, I feel that I'd be selfish to just go through this life just for me. Right. I need to, I need to, other people carried me, carried me through life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel that now is my turn to do the heavy lifting and, uh, and take some weight off other people and, and just, just make a, a bigger, bigger impact. Well, I got to say, Brad, I was kind of, well, whatever, <laughs> intrigued, I guess, by the fact that you are married and you, and you, you know, just like anybody else could be married. And I mean, first of all, how did you meet your wife and how long have you guys been together? Uh, I met my wife online. Uh, she's from Ontario. Okay. So she moved out here for work. She was already here when we met, but we met online and uh, I was in college uh, in radio and TV program when, when we met and mm-hmm. um, she wasn't in school. She was working at the time. So we got to, we hooked up and I had, I had dinner and met and it was great. Um, but we, we've been together now eight years and it'll be five years married September 24th okay. of this year. Uh, so next month. 
Uh, so it, it's been it's been incredible, man. And um, you know, she's she's the she's the rock that keeps me stable when when things get crazy. And and uh, you know, the the queen of the household, really. It's uh, you know, she when I when my heads get too far in the clouds, sure. she doesn't like to bring me down because because dreaming is always good. Mm-hmm. But she'll just you know level me out a little bit. And we're we're focused on this right now. Let's focus on this later type thing and. Uh, just fantastic and, and now to be able to you know to be able to run a business together and and uh, really have her in my corner with the disability advocacy, mm-hmm. advocacy stuff uh, i'm just i'm super proud of her and and uh and what you know we've endured together but also individually she's going back to school to to enhance her her study she's a construction worker by trade okay so she's uh she's gonna go back and enhance that too and we just bought a house uh, two years ago we're I'm right downtown on Jasper Ave nice. here in Edmonton, and uh, it's it's been incredible, man. I'm I'm I, I couldn't be more more blessed with a, an incredible person uh, in my corner. Wonderful. Now, forgive me if this is a bit much, but what's that conversation like when you when you meet online and, and you have to explain the way your your situation with the wheelchair and all? How did that play out? Yeah. So, so I right away I was very upfront. I explained mm. it, and no no issues at all. You know, she, she very much sees me for me and who I am. Of course. Uh, there, there is no, like, she's not my nurse. She's not my caregiver. She's not any, she's not my mother. She's most importantly, my partner and my wife. Uh, and that's, that's the dynamic that we have. And, and it works for us. I mean, she was sure. very open-minded and, and I, I'm blessed to have that. I, I was blessed that somebody could see me for, for me and not just the, the four wheels strapped to my ass or the, you know, all the other extra stuff that I have. And, right. and it, it's been awesome. Yeah. That's something like true love. Hey, to, to see through all that and see you and uh, see you for who you are, as you say, but also your drive and your, your ego again, I don't mean that in a negative way, but your vision, your, your, you're a builder, you know, and that that's, that's gotta be appealing to a woman period. I, well, I, I like to, I like to think so, but uh, you know, you guys think this this mentality didn't come overnight. We, we I had some growing to do, mm-hmm. I had some maturing to do. Uh, but I thank my business for allowing me to, you know, oh, it opened my eyes to to a world that needed our help, a world that needed my help, and uh, and it kind of just expanded from there. And and I I took it one step further. I said, what if I can help my community? Sure. What if I can help my people? And it just, it exploded. And, and the vision keeps growing. It keeps growing as you check some stuff off the list, as you add stuff to your list. And uh, and I, I just, I couldn't be more excited to uh, to create the life that, that we're going to create. And again, not just for me, but uh, for the people after me and the people with me. Right on. Hey, uh, Brad, if people want to find out more about you, what's the best way to kind of get, get in touch with you or, or learn more about you? Yeah, so so the best way for me is my Instagram, uh, broadcasting Brad. Right. Uh, it's broadcasting without the G, so I N Brad. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook Brad Bartko. Okay. Uh, and those are the those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. I, I just opened a brand new LinkedIn account as well. I had one through college. I had to kind of restart it. Sure. Uh, you know, things change. So uh, I I just did that as well. And uh, you can uh, check out my my website as well. It's and not updated. It hasn't been updated since the last event we did. Mm-hmm. But uh, wheelingforhope.com. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, that is that is my um, not official, but it will be official soon. My foundation. Um, and, and you know we giving again that comes back to giving giving back to people, and uh, and making a change. So um, that's how you can get a hold of me. Right on. 
How are the Oilers going to do this year? Man, I hope they. I think they're going to score. They're going to score a lot of goals. I'll tell you what. They're, they're going to score a lot of goals. Uh, if Connor can can put up a uh, hundred points in in fifty six, I think he can do one hundred and fifty in eighty eighty two. Um, I agree. Uh, that's, that's my prediction. One hundred and fifty or more. Uh, Zach Hyman on that wing is going to be fantastic. I, I I'm not as hard on the defense as a lot of people in the city are. Sure. Uh, I think I think I think Duncan Keith is going to bring some bring some veteran presence that that they need. Um, he's going to help maybe a guy like Evan Bouchard come in and mm-hmm. and, and transition you know, into a full-time NHL player. Uh, Cody CC is going to come in and do his job. Mm-hmm. He's not there. To, he's not there to play 30 minutes a game. He's, he's there to do his job and, mm-hmm. and kind of be that stopgap for, for the young guys coming up. So I think he'll be, he'll do fine. And uh, you know what? I, I'm, I think they'll be okay. I, I think if they, uh, you know what? You, you don't need uh, a stellar goaltender or a stellar defense when you've got 97 and 29 on your team. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a year where the Oilers got a really good shot in a weak division. True. They're going to have a really good shot to, to win the division, a really good shot to, I, I believe, them make the playoffs. Um, I, I just don't get the hate on Ken Holland, man. Let him do his job. He's better than you and I combined. He's a, <laughs> for sure. he's a, GM. He's a GM in the league for a reason. There's a reason there are armchair GMs. We're not a GM in the yep. league. Uh, we we made the playoffs every year he's been here, and uh, I, I think that'll continue. I think they'll be fantastic. I think they'll be fine. Uh, I'm a season ticket over, so I'm looking forward to just getting back in the rink. Nice. Um, you know, we missed last year due to COVID and stuff. And I, I just, for me, I just wish everybody was healthy and and happy and and live the best they can be. And and for me, it's a it's a privilege to go watch these guys play every day. And and uh, I, I'm excited to to get back there and. Uh, and watch Connor McDavid uh, do his thing. Well said, man. We are blessed to be able to watch the the best player alive uh, in the best rink in the world uh, every yeah. night. It's incredible. It's don't you know? There's been some bad nights, but don't discount what we're witnessing before our very eyes right now with Connor. Sure. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, thanks for entertaining me on that one, uh, Brad. This was a great conversation, man. You definitely opened my eyes, and and uh, it's. Uh, that's all I could ever ask for. And you're, you're an inspiration for, for real. Uh, Pat, I appreciate that. I appreciate the time. It is, I, I feel so honored. I feel so privileged to, uh, to be able to do this. And, and I hope somebody can take away something that I said and, and, and implement it or apply it. And uh, if there's anything you need moving forward, man, I'm, I'm always in your corner. I'm here. Uh, you got a friend in me now. Let's, uh, let's go change the world, man. Hey, right back at you, man. Let's, let's go change the world. I love it. Have a great rest of your day, Brad. I really appreciate it, man. Take care. All right, man. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review. Mm -hmm.